0: Welcome to episode 102, 102, 102. of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont.
1: Pause. I'm another host. <sighs> Very good. Mr. Paul Robinson. You waited your turn. Director. No.
0: Oh, okay. I don't know why you always default to that. (laughs) Like someone's gonna come out and hand you an ice cream because you're a director. Thank you. Um, so we're just gonna talk about some stuff.
1: Yep, got some some things to talk about.
0: Some things we've seen. Mm -hmm. Some things we've heard.
1: Oh boy.
0: Things we've read. You know, things like that.
1: The old rumor mill.
0: It's not really a rumor mill. If it's fact,
1: yeah, it's just it's just a story mill.
0: It's just a story. Um, so we've we've watched some things that we're gonna. We are going to review and, mm-hmm. um, there was, uh, we, we got, we got to talking a little bit about, uh, film fests again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been, we've been rejected by, I, I believe our second or third at this point. Um, so we've made it into one
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, uh, we've been rejected by like two or three. So I, you know, I say the odds are pretty good there for success.
1: Um, but still early
0: going into, into that um i had been looking at a um i was looking into a a film fest Mm -hmm. that's local to new york let's just say that we don't have a whole lot
1: well it's not necessarily local to us you said you said local to new york but i don't want people thinking it's like you know a brewster film fest or something you know like something super close no yeah
0: to our region we don't have many in the region and um it's one that we no longer submit to because it was just uh, it's too much. It became too much of a popularity contest and it was like, all right, this is whatever. Um, but they practice something that a lot of film festivals do. But um, I sort of understand when it's higher end film festivals and, you know, these really fancy schmancy type mm-hmm. fests that people get distribution and things like that from but when smaller fests do it I, it seems kind of like really weird and pretentious to me it seems like a way to try to actually compete with other film fests mm-hmm. which i think if your date is not really near anyone else's date which should be kind of common courtesy right if you start a fest like you really shouldn't overlap another local fest there's all, sure. all times of the year you can do this but if that's not what's happening i don't understand this sort of uh th- this recommend it's not a recommendation jesus christ ishia this this uh it's
1: like a policy
0: yeah i guess like a policy this this rule this this type of um mentality that like if you're going to screen at their festival then you cannot have debuted or screened at any other festival Mm. prior to them which if your fest is at the beginning of the year i mean could still be an issue if it lapped into the year before Uh you know know. but it just seems like you know when you finish a film there's so much time that goes into then submitting and then waiting for those submissions and all that stuff and then you have a film fest saying to you like hey if if you debuted in another state that's fine but if you debuted anywhere in this region regions are large Mm -hmm. if you've debuted anywhere in this region i.e. any of our competitors then you're automatically not eligible Right, which I don't understand i it just really oh. it seems so like so you basically want to own that film and be the first, and for what really,
1: yeah, I mean, um, even from a the standpoint of the festival doesn't make a lot of sense because you're not you're not allowing in a lot of great films that people would want to come see, you know, or films that i mean let's face it, there are bigger fests that will draw an audience but most film festivals especially the smaller ones 80 percent of the people there are the filmmakers and their cast and crew you know Mm. so you know that doesn't make any sense to me from a from a you know standpoint of the festival trying to bring people in and also especially now with everything going digital you know how does that work
0: I think if your film is like VOD or streaming, totally get that. It makes no sense to me.
1: But well, no, but just with I mean, like if 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 we were to submit to this said festival mm-hmm. and then we got into another festival that was in a different state, but it was online. No, is that still you know what I mean? Like no,
0: that's still debuted. You've already debuted somewhere. I mean, but that their issue isn't so much out of state; it's it's within the region and yeah. an online festival is. That your your stuff's not available for download. That's not yeah. You know that's not the same thing. I'm just saying I don't I don't understand why the rule within the region even exists.
1: Yeah, that's really. stupid. It just
0: doesn't make sense to me. Um, like, how could you like own an entire region? Mm-mm.
1: I know f- film festivals like that. You know they like when your film is debuting there because you know it's you know whatever. But to to have like an outright kind of policy saying that your film will not be considered if it. Premiered someone somewhere else is you're limiting you know from the from the perspective of the festival you're limiting the films that you can accept and then as filmmakers we know how tough it is to get into film festivals as it is um, and it's just. I don't know, you know, so we're going to just sit here and wait and be like, all but right, so problem, let me, yeah. let me, I want to go to this festival and I have to plan my festival run based on one festival. No, not happening. And if that
0: festival is far into the future, if you've just missed the last one, which is what would have been our case if we had submitted to them, we would have not been able to submit to anybody for almost a whole year yeah, to wait. And then, you know, a lot of times you don't know until just before. It's not like, oh, you've been, you know, you've been selected. And then the film fest is five months from then. It's usually like a month or two later, at most two months, it's usually like a month or so that the film festival will take place. And so yeah. I would have wasted the better part of a year waiting to see if I got into this film festival to find out that I didn't. And now it was just a big old waste of time. Now I have to drag this film out another year so that I can go into the next year and try to do that. And then what other film fests are all, you know, then there's other ones that do the same thing. So it's kind of weird. And, you know, and I get when it's popular stuff, when you have celebrity and stuff like that, like you want to be the first because there's a lot of talk and you want to get asses in the seat. But for what we do, it's just, it's ironic that this fest in particular sort of touts itself as being, you know, for independent filmmakers and then loves to like, loves to talk about stuff that's filmed in this region. And then Mm -hmm. when you get stuff that's filmed this in this region, you're, you're putting all of these clauses on it and making it really difficult for them to actually be successful. So I guess that's, That was that was my gripe for the day.
1: It's just, I mean, and how do you police that? Because you know, I'm sure you know when you're dealing with one specific region, you you kind of you you can look at other people's things, but then it's like you have to go through all the films that you have in your festival and then check all the films at every other festival to make sure nothing is. And then what? You're going to send an email to the filmmaker being like, "Hey, we saw your film is premiering here, so we're removing it from." Yeah,
0: I mean, they can do that, but I think also it's that you know we we love laurels. That's like our favorite thing when we get a Laurel. So, you know, you, you could potentially shoot yourself in the foot, just trying to be like, Hey, and show you throw the Laurel on the poster. And they're like, what do you mean? You, right. You know, you won second place at Holly shorts or whatever, you know, you you were, you know, and then it becomes a whole thing and um, submissions are expensive. So it, it just, it's kind of a trip. I don't know. What a trip. It's the, it's my least favorite part. I, I like, I've gotten to a point where, um, like I somewhat look forward to people seeing the film. There's always just like that, okay, this can go badly. And there's that anxiety, but it's this whole game prior yeah, of like, you know, sitting there with bated breath and then having them be yeah. like, no, you're not in. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess we'll wait for the next announcement. Um, and then there's, there's been a couple, there was one that we submitted to that was supposed to get back to us by mid May. And then they sent out an email and we're like, oh, we need more time and then gave like an estimated date and then never got back to us by that date either. And right. I actually reached out like, you know, you have to, you have to be polite about these things. But I was just kind of like, uh, did we not get in then? Cause you yeah. said the new date and then we didn't hear anything from you. So I, I mean, I just wanted to know if we were still in the running. I just assumed like, I guess we didn't get in, but um, I hadn't seen any announcements from them. So I was like, this is confusing. I don't want to be annoying.
1: Mm. Uh, but it wasn't that same film festival that was asking if it's okay if our stuff is online, right? Is that a different one? I don't remember. Because we got one, and I'm sure this is happening one. to a lot of filmmakers where you're getting emails saying, hey, you know, we were going to have a festival, but because of this, everything that's going on, we're going to have it virtually or digitally or online or how, however they phrase it. And is it okay if your film, you know, is... You know, play it online for however they're going to set that up.
0: Well, they usually. I mean, what they're doing is that you still have to pay, so you have to yeah. buy. You know, the slot or yeah, whatever. Yeah, no, that's fine. But I, I just, take I it just, off, I know, you know we've
1: gotten at least one of those emails so far. I don't I, know if those. I was plan the same on one. getting more.
0: We'll just have to see how the whole thing plays out. I guess um, it is what it is, but I just thought that was kind of doo doo. Um, so in there, there was there was an article that I found interesting, sort of like. See both sides here, and um, so during this this whole quarantine, people were being creative about their time and content, and obviously we were just like inundated with with coronavirus, and and that was all you could. I mean, it was on the news everywhere, and the first page of everything. And so um, John Krasinski had come up mm. with like his own little method of, of of maintaining sanity, and he started some good news. Mm -hmm. and people were very receptive did you watch any of them Um, I mean I saw a little bit Mm. of them um and I mean I watch some happy videos on YouTube for me that's enough yeah I don't know if I need to sit through a whole episode of some good news I mean Mm -hmm. I (laughs) (laughs) I did see some of it and I thought like oh okay that's that's nice but it wasn't really you know something that I, I i watched or anything regularly mm-hmm. and so i guess you know a lot of people took to it which is great positivity in a negative situation love all that um but apparently he sold it mm-hmm. to
1: Viacom? nbc
0: no. i want to say um and so cbs yep. actually I think it was cbs so um he he's Sells the show and then um, also s- sells over the, the the hosting spot and people went like ballistic. Mm-hmm. And uh, he claims that he had never intended to to really keep it going. Right. You know, it was just like he's oh. got projects, he's got films and stuff to direct. He's doing. Is he in John Reacher? Am I thinking of something else?
1: John Reacher. Isn't, Isn't that? A- Reacher? I don't know. Reacher?
0: Was that Cruz?
1: Yeah. I think that was okay, what Cruise is he
0: thing. in that it's similar to that? It's some it's oh, I some don't know. fucking like hyper masculine
1: the Tom Clancy show or whatever? That I one I don't know. Some, I fucking don't know. Thing.
0: some like completely like unrealistic take on how reality actually works with weapons and fighting mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh so what whatever the hell that was, that he's doing that. And then you know, he's directing and you know, he's he's working actors, so he's got stuff to do, and so His side of things was like, I I wasn't going to keep doing this. Um, I don't think the issue is so much with people that he's choosing not to do it anymore, although there will always be somebody who has a problem with it with that. But that wasn't the issue. Their issue was that he had sold it to this major network. Yeah. Um, And, you know, for a lot of people that have cut the cord, you can't get you can't get CBS unless you buy the app to it and you know, you have to pay for everything. So now you took something that was positive, that was available to everybody and you turned it into this like marketable like thing that you profited off of. I don't know what he sold it for. I don't know if they had mentioned what he sold it for. I'm sure he made it. a pretty penny off yeah. of it.
1: Um, I don't think he can retire off it, but I'm sure he yeah. made some money. Look, I I, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get the the uproar, you know, it's not... Jack he, Ryan, sorry. Jack, yeah.
0: <laughs> it started with a J. He,
1: he, uh, he made a thing and he wasn't going to keep it long and people said, hey, we'll buy that from you. And he was like, okay. Yeah. Okay, like, I don't I don't get it. Like, okay, that he sold it, big deal. Well, I think it's because... It's the same thing people, you know, however you feel about Joe Rogan, but he made this big deal with um, uh, Spotify. So now he's on Spotify. It was like a $100 million deal or something crazy. For what? For his uh, podcast. Uh. And, like, people are going ballistic, and it's like, I don't know, man. I don't get why people get upset over stuff like that. It's like, okay, they did a thing.
0: How else is Joe Rogan going to make money?
1: Oh, I don't know. He makes money. He does stuff. He hosts, and he probably makes money off his podcast somehow. He's, like, one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Yeah, I
0: get that, but it's not like... You know, like I get, I'm air quoting. He's a comedian, yeah, and he's not fighting, yeah. So, like, you know, that's how he makes his money.
1: Yeah. I don't know, but but as there's far no
0: as UFC fights going on. Really, there weren't for a little while there, and, yeah. well, and I know until they started. Fight up, Island opens up. They started up recently, and you know that kind of thing. So, I mean, that one, I'm kind of uh, that one. I I I think. Would be less of an issue with people, and, and the yeah, reason. Yeah, I was just
1: my point was just that people making money, you know, it's that whole thing of selling out. People still like mm-hmm. get mad at you know selling out and and all this stuff. And I'm just not, I just don't care about that stuff anymore. I remember, I remember, you know, because I was, I was a skateboarder. I was you remember? My, I remember, I was a skateboarder <laughs> into like punk hardcore music, and if you, you know, big sellout, you're sellout. I remember I went through my sellout phase, the hating sellouts and stuff, but now it's like who cares like
0: have you seen a two million dollar check you know what that looks like it's pretty cool
1: (laughs) yeah and it's like i don't know if you don't like it then don't like it you know what i mean i I don't know
0: i look i'm like 80 percent on that side right it's like you're in a business and that's what you do and that's such such as life i understand in this case to an extent and again not losing sleepover not enough to like at somebody in a tweet and get all hysterical. But I think the reason why people took it personally and took it so badly is because it was a show that was intended to spread positivity Mm -hmm. during a very tumultuous time, if you will. And that he turned this wonderful giving free experience into a profit, which is like what, Corporations and and productions and stations do. And I think the reason why people had an issue with that is because he and Emily Blunt are sort of like the America's sweethearts kind of people. Yeah. And I think if they had been an edgier couple, people wouldn't have given a shit, which is why I think like Joe Rogan, like Joe Rogan, a lot of times is an asshole. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, whatever. But he and Emily Blunt are considered sort of the sweethearts. And so it's like, oh, you were doing a nice thing Mm. that had nice intentions that was available to everybody, and you've turned it into a marketable thing. I'm not saying that that's, I'm justifying people's response, but I think that's why to him particularly, they responded that way. I think if somebody that had a harsher personality had done it, they wouldn't have really cared.
1: Well, that's I mean, look, it's part of I guess it's part of public life. But, you know, it's people holding you to a standard that you never agreed to. You know, it's like nobody knows them. We don't know them. Those people that get mad at them don't know them personally. So, you know, for you to say, how dare you do that? It's like, well, it, they don't owe you anything. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they literally don't owe you anything. If he wants to go online and do this thing for for fun and raise spirits and then CBS buys it. Okay, whatever. You know, you can look at it from a perspective of, okay, well, maybe they'll make it bigger and more people will see it now or whatever. I don't know.
0: Well, they got to pay for it yeah. if you want to see it.
1: Right. But that's if you don't have that subscription already, you know, but oh, I'm not going to defend any kind of corporation <laughs> at all because fuck them. But, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it's it's just— I mean, it I kind it, it, It gets but... into the—and I don't want to get all— political or whatever but it just gets into the cancel culture of stuff you know and it's like how dare you do that I'm you've upset me yeah. yeah. so now you have that's to what I'm saying whatever I, mean,
0: I could see being like oh that's kind of shitty like I thought this was supposed to be a positive experience and you were trying to raise spirits and all that And it's kind of shitty that you sold that out but you know I feel like it should pretty much end there unless you know him personally right. I guess you know, but, but I even, don't, you know at the end of the day it's like uh, I probably wouldn't have done that but all right, and yeah. then you move on.
1: But it's it's the same thing of like I don't know. I view it as like a, a, um, a big movie studio remaking some old classic film that was you know people get all up in arms, but it doesn't ruin what was right there. So the stuff that he is currently making and has made it doesn't that doesn't change any of that. That stuff was already done and made. So then just enjoy that and. Chances are that I I obviously don't know, but chances are he was going. I don't know if he planned on ending it around the time that he was selling it and when they would take over and all that stuff. But you know, if it doesn't sound to me like he was going to keep this going forever, you know, he's got a job to do. So it's like, well, all right, well, I'm not going to do this anymore. So you can have it. I don't care.
0: That for me, that's the that's the bigger point. You know, on the on the morality of it is. You know, that's, that's arguable, I guess. But for me, it's that, you know, you realize that this man is, was doing this because he was in the middle of a quarantine, right? So if he were to hand, if he were to hand the baton over, the next person would have to be willing to do this for free and then be able to get celebrities and shit on the show because he had people on the show. And so I say to that, well, then if you think that as a host, you can do just as, Good of a job. Bring in as many people that are going to care about who you are, because he's a celebrity. So of course he's going to go down his the celebrity Rolodex and get people yeah. on. If you can get the same people on there, and you're willing to do this for free, and I'm—I mean, I don't know production-wise if he had the equipment or how that worked. No,
1: that you. was the thing about it was it. I mean, I saw the like first couple of episodes. I, I don't know who was, but it just looked like it was like shot on a phone or something. It wasn't right. anything okay, crazy. so
0: so if you're willing to do all that for free then then you know i mean maybe that but i don't i don't know many people that are going to do that especially once this is lifted people are going to be they're going to move on with their lives because let's face it that's how we are right this like it's the end of the world right now and oh my god i can't go to the beach and what am i going to do omg and then as soon as everything opens up it's going to be like nothing freaking happened yeah to a sense but you know how we are as Mm -hmm. a culture Mm -hmm. and so i mean who's going to take that on without getting paid yeah he was doing it to pass time because he could and he has the the, the funds to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. But the average person is not when when this is lifted gonna quit their job to do this to make people happy.
1: I can guarantee that the amount of work either by him or, you know, people that he hired or friend whoever, the amount of work that went into one of those episodes is more work that I put into this podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably. And like I wouldn't put that much work into something that was for free because you know, there's has to be a return, right? It's mm. risk. You know, the 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 return um, on on your investment of time and, and pleasure and excitement and all that stuff. And you know, pleasure,
0: uh, pleasure, pleasure, uh, pleasure, pleasure,
1: pleasure, pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> I mean, this goes for podcasts or anything. But it's like you know, I I set up this podcast so it's something that we can do in a minimal amount of time, but still have good quality and and you know all this stuff. So be, otherwise, it starts to feel like a job. You know, mm. filmmaking it's a different story. You know, that, that is something I can dedicate hours and weeks and months and years to for no money and, and, and still enjoy it. But podcasting, the, the, the technical side of podcasting is not something that I, you know, is not something that I enjoy doing like that. I just want to sit and do for free. You know, I'm not like Mm. editing other people's podcasts for fun and stuff. Um, It's the creative side of podcasting that we all enjoy um, because we're talking about something that we genuinely love. So that's, the fun part, you don't want to sit there and EQ stuff and, and level out your audios and all that, you know, your audios, level out your audios, all that stuff. So I, I, I don't know what my point is, but I think it was going to be something like, uh, that you, you, you just want to, you know, keep yourself busy and not be bogged down with the technical side of stuff.
0: All right. Point taken. So, um, get over it.
1: Yeah. Oh, that was That's the bottom. super long way of saying was the, get over that it. That was
0: the bottom line. He doesn't
1: owe you anything. Nobody, nobody owes anybody anything.
0: So, okay, so we, uh, we, we watched a couple of, couple of thingamajigs there, and um, one of them I had mentioned, oh, I don't know, a couple weeks ago when we talked about Hollywood, and I had, I had given props to um Dylan McDermott, who I was like, Mm. I didn't see that side. I've not seen that side. I'm used to like, you know, this. You know, basic kind of character. And of course that that's also just, that's what you're offered. And um, I just, it's when you don't really see that side of character of actors very much, you just assume they don't have it as terrible as that sounds. It's right. just like, Oh, I guess they don't have much range or that's, you're not going to get much else out of them. And, and we saw Hollywood and I thought that is not a way that I'm used to seeing Dylan McDermott. This is cool. And then I started looking into other stuff and I found a film on Hulu uh, that was fairly independent um, called the clove hitch killer and it's kind of got like a it's like a b btk the btk killer Mm -hmm. um type of feel to it i'm assuming that it was sort of you know that that was what they were going for
1: burger king killer
0: (laughs) and um so we had we had decided that you know let, let's give this a let's give this a shot because I, I saw the trailer and I thought like all right I have to see I have to see him playing like a, a total, total creeper and yeah like this, this is gonna this is this is something to see and um so it's the director is um Duncan I want to say it's Skiles I might have mm. killed that um and he hasn't really done much stuff he had like he did some very independent like TV type thing or something. Mm-hmm. I mean that's like the that's the biggest thing that he's got on his IMDb IMDb and wh- page at least. When did that film come again? Um it came out I think in like 2018.
1: Yeah, which... that was fairly recent.
0: Yeah, so I mean he he doesn't have a whole lot on his resume as, as a director which automatically is like interesting to me because i'm mm. like oh you know how like how did you nab this and um the writers christopher ford which ha- which he's done more stuff he's done a spider-man and he did um spider-man spider-man he's not a spider it's not his last name it's not like <laughs> bill Spiderman. man <laughs> he's a spider man um he did it so this writer um Christopher Ford. He did a film that I really enjoyed that was called robot and Frank. It came out. Like, oh yeah. That was a good one. Like a decade or so ago ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, he'll
1: be on next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh no.
0: Um, which I, I really liked that. I just yeah, loved the concept one. of that. And at the time with the robot and everything, they just, they just did so well with it. it so it's really good. So I, I thought this was like, okay, this is, this is interesting. And so um, Charlie Plummer, is one of the uh, one of the actors in the film. Um, also just pretty much done independent stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samantha Mathis, who has been around for a while.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Pump up the volume.
0: Madison uh, Beatty was the younger girl in this and, uh-huh. you know, two teenagers and stuff. And so um, I, I, you know, I really enjoyed this film.
1: It's a sleeper. You know, it's a sleeper. I didn't, you know, you just, it's just some random movie we saw and we just because you, if you, if you didn't. Think like, oh, I want to see something Dylan McDermott did. There's no way. I mean, maybe eventually, well, no, but I,
0: okay, so I did see this film on because I have this thing where I go, Oh, I want to yeah, watch something. Yeah, but you're something. like a,
1: a, a crazy person. You like watching <laughs>
0: but things with killers and here's the thing though. I'll sit down and go, like, oh, I feel like watching something. What do I feel like watching? What I wind up watching is two hours worth of trailers. So I start going through all the categories on either Hulu or Amazon Prime, and then I start building my list. Mm-hmm. By the time I'm done with it. I don't even want to watch anything anymore. I don't actually watch anything at the end of that. I just make a list of what I'm going to watch in the future. Mm. And so I saw Clove Hitch and I'm going to be totally, I'm going to be transparent and honest here. I saw Dylan McDermott and I was like, I don't think I'm going to like that. You know what I mean? And so I, I, cause I liked the story as soon Mm -hmm. as I saw it, I'm like, Oh, this is very like BTK. I was Mm -hmm. like, I, I, this is kind of my thing. But then I was like, I don't know, like Dylan McDermott, I don't know. And so I just bypassed it. Mm. Then we saw Hollywood, and I immediately was like, okay, wait a minute, I remember seeing something. Right. And I I, I jumped the gun, and I made an assumption. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. Let's bring this back.
1: Who feels foolish now? Not, no, no, when I no, watched no. the movie. Okay. <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I still watched it. So I, you know, I, I just... I have to say that I just didn't expect very much from it. I don't yeah. know why. I was like, eh, how good can this possibly be? Yeah. And I thought at best it would be all right. And I actually was like, that was pretty fucking good. Like the yeah. cinematography was good. Grading, all that. Yeah. Like the story was good. The, yeah. the performances. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it a lot. Um, It's kind of like one of those movies that makes me... Remember why I like independent film so much, mm-hmm. you know it's just and th- and the great thing about the film, I don't want to give too much away because I'm sure there's probably a lot of people that haven't seen it yet, but there's no like big twist or like you know some surprising ending necessarily you know it's just a straight story told well with good acting and good dialogue and good characters and um I don't know I just it's it's just it was just a great indie film, great little indie film
0: yeah and and Dylan McDermott did really good it was. He's just had this like comedic yeah sort of creepy guy but you know he's uh, he's a family man who's a serial killer so he has this front yeah and this just like uber dad personality which is so weird he's just like such a dad in the yeah. film but then also doing like the creepiest shit you know? <laughs> so um it just uh I really, I just really liked it. I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm surprised. I, I just didn't, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. And it just goes to show it's like, you know, you get, you get kind of, you get hung up in the whole, like, oh, who made this? Who did this? What did they do before? What, what, what? And, you know, I've never heard of this director before anything that they've done. And I thought they, they did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of like looking forward to what else they're going to do next. But then, you know, that's where I'm, I want to be like, how, 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 how did you get like, because yeah. this, this is, this wasn't like, oh, I can tell they sort of filmed that, you know, on some like janky set. I mean, this was like set design, everything, yeah, yeah. you know, this yeah. was, this was, this had a budget. I don't know what the budget was. uh This had a, a pretty decent budget. And, and so I'm, I don't mean that in like, how did you get this? Yeah, I just yeah. mean like, how did you get it? <laughs> like, how did this happen for you? I'm always interested yeah, in hearing the those stories. It's on you.
1: It's on the get it. Yeah, it's like
0: that. That's like the dream, right? Mm-hmm. Is to be able to, you know, have somebody believe in your ability and your work, and 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 to be able to 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 nab something cool like that. So, um, I, don't, I I I really enjoyed it. Um, I was, I was trying to look things up. So it looks like worldwide gross was $167,000, which is like pennies. Um,
1: but you know, this seems like a VOD thing. So yeah, you know, it may have had like a, um,
0: they made the most money in the Netherlands. This is the things I want to know about where I'm like, how did this work? How so why is it that in the Netherlands you made like 80% of your, of your worldwide gross was from the Netherlands? It's so random well, to me. Well, a lot
1: of times, um, and I, this is just stuff I've heard, but I, and I don't know if it's true, but um, you'll get, like, you'll have a, a film, and then you'll pre-sell the the distribution rights or whatever internationally based on the fact that you have, like, stars in there or whatever. Uh, so I think that... But of all places. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Of all places the Netherlands.
1: Crazy. Yeah, I don't which, know what what the budget was. But. Which
0: brings us to our next
1: review. They shot on Alexa Mini. Which Hi. is um in, in Kentucky.
0: Kentucky. That brings us to our that it's a perfect segue when I say of all places the Netherlands because we have we ha- I have to say BBC shows, yes. Mm, yep. Yeah. I'm in. W- I'm in. But for some reason we've got like like it's it's usually like between BBC and then anywhere in like Scandinavia, Finland, Sweden, like Germany, you know, like yeah. I I know that for a lot of people. Anything that includes subtitles, they're out. Yeah, if yeah. there's subtitle or you know they do that thing where they they switch the subtitles to it, playing the audio in English, which drives me nuts. I can't. To me, it's because that now I'm like, this is like bad ADR, yeah. right? I'm hearing one sound and language come out of their out of the speakers because, it's, but their mouth is doing something totally different. Mm-hmm. I'd and, rather read it,
1: and it's it's not it's not bad enough that you know you're dealing with the the making it seem like bad ADR cuz the performances don't match up a lot of times mm-hmm. and that you, they have to then replace a lot of the actual sounds that are happening in the scene too right. and that a lot of times is you know they don't have the same budget so you know that that can fall a little flat sometimes
0: yeah well if you're hooked on phonics then you're you're cool with yeah. with subtitles which we are and yep. so uh, they don't bother me one bit not at I'm, all i'm watching the show i'm i'm going through with the story but you know and so i had found i had found a show this was another thing that i had like thrown on the queue and just went like okay it's there with the other 127 things that, and I mean that literally, that that I meant to watch. And um, and so I, I kind of forgot about it for a while. And then two weeks ago, I was like, eh, I'm feeling foreign. Mm. It's been a while since I've read a show. Right. And so I went back and uh, we wound up on Border Town, which has its, it's got a little following. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm, I'm thinking like probably most of you here are like, hey, but trust me now, with a first name like Sashia, I hate going... I hate when people say, like, I'm not even going to try to say your name. I'm like, well, I'm not even going to try to talk to you then. I'd rather you fuck up my name and acknowledge that I exist than be like, I'm not even going to attempt it. Yeah. So I'm going to apologize now All right. for most likely murdering everybody's name on this show. This show is from Finland. Mm-hmm. So there are several directors... Um, the the main director that did uh, m- the most episodes Juso Siria. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you had Yuri Kahonen. Bless you. Kahonen, Kahonen, Kahonen. I'm trying to think of the way Kari said everything yeah. and the way the ugh, okay, uh, Miko Oikonen, Yusi Hiltunen, Marco. Or this is a this one is so it's Maki Laxo. Mm-hmm. So those were the directors. Um, uh, Anti Pesonen did 13 episodes. And then Miko Oikinen, which I think was another one one of the directors as well, had done writing. So only two people doing the writing. So yeah. it was very cohesive. In that and that makes Miko sense. Miko
1: also, I think he was a producer. Or, or they were a producer. I don't know. Might have
0: been. Might have been. Um, okay. So starring Gari, Gari. Um, uh is Vile Virtanen. Mm-hmm. I want to say his name. A lot of... A lot of um, Finnish, Swedish, you know, a lot of, uh, in a lot of European countries, they don't give two fucks about IMDb.
1: It's funny that way, They don't yeah. give
0: two shit. Like, you, you go down there, IMDb, and they've been in tons of things. Like, they are working, but they could not care less if they have a picture up there. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not like here where we're like, oh, go to their IMDb. Like, they're, they're just like, yeah, I was in a show. Yeah. <laughs> so that's
1: it. But, but it also seems that a lot of the actors there can they'll do a show or two shows, and then they'll just stop acting. You know, like it's Um, not, it's not some big, huge celebrity thing. Like it's just something you do.
0: But Vile or Vili, uh, he's been in a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matlina, Kusenmi, Paulina. Um, Anusini Salo, Lena, uh, Katia, Lenita Susi, Olivia, Anali, Janina. Mm, Janina. (laughs) Which we love saying Janina. Um, And our, our personal favorite, of course, I think it's Ilka Vili, Nico. Nico, <laughs> and he. So first of all, the guy who plays Nico is uh, is multilingual, mm-hmm. which we did not fucking see coming. Okay, because
1: well, that's <laughs> the weird thing is that there's a couple episodes because they deal a lot with Russia, and so some people can't speak Russian, and the Russian people can't speak Finland. Yeah, so the, like the like language they settle on is English.
0: Right. well, Which is weird. In, well, English English is universal. Yeah. I mean, so you'll be watching honestly, the show and
1: then all of a sudden they'll be speaking English for, you know, a couple of ten minutes. And yeah. Then back well, to... so
0: so the the um, uh, the 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 show t- where the show takes place is right on the border mm-hmm. uh, in La Pranta. And that's not very far from. The Russian border right. so that's why they're able to just kind of go back and forth and two of the characters are fluent in Russian yep. that are main characters and then uh All of them, I think, have at least some ability to speak in English or understand Mm -hmm. it, which is, uh, but, and so here's the thing, when you watch these shows, there's the obvious like accents, like, okay, so obviously English is not a language they speak often, but they do understand it. And, but then Nico's character, there were moments where you didn't hear an accent. And I'm like, wait a minute, does he speak perfect English? No, wait. Then like one word, you'd be like, okay, there's the accent. Pretty darn close though. But really close. And it's 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 something that you can't like. Someone from from the UK, for instance, they can pull off um, doing different accents and speaking in different languages and be convincing in it. And American actors as well, if they you know when they study enough. But when you're European, you can't fake an English accent.
1: When European,
0: when European, Europeans can't fake a perfect English accent. There's always an accent in it unless Mm. they speak it fluently yeah and so um i was trying to look and like nico didn't really he did like a couple things i think that might have been from the uk but like he he wasn't in a bunch of american shows so i'm like wow his english is great then we look him up homie speaks spanish as well yeah and not look when people are like oh i kind of speak spanish like his accent was perfect better than mine Mm -hmm. uh i was a little embarrassed (laughs) like i'm pretty sure aren't
1: you embarrassed
0: you embarrassed i'm pretty sure his accent is even better than mine and he's not even hispanic so it's like wow sounds really impressive so okay so you've got this is this is your your run-of-the-mill cop crime show that takes place in a cold climate yeah they've got a feel yeah they've all all, you know they've got this feel and shit's cold and uh
1: they always look beautiful
0: yeah, they do. It's just so I say that because it's there's a certain look that a lot of these yeah. these types of shows have, and and there's one thing they all have in common is that they have like wicked winters.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it looks great. And a lot of uh, a lot of overcast days.
0: Yes, many many overcast mm-hmm. days, and so. Um I don't know why I thought like eh, I don't know if I should expect too much from this show. I would exp- I would if I had to sort of detail Cotty, it would be he's like the Dr House yeah of detectives. Mm-hmm. He's got like this he's like a savant in yeah, a way. Yeah
1: well, I mean he's 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 like Dr House in that he, he's very efficient and he, he but he has like this um he's also very kind of um uh almost like Sheldon yeah. You know, in this kind of He's
0: like high very high
1: functioning. Yeah. So, he kind of has that kind of edge to it to him like, you know, just like obsessive, you know, like you can't let stuff if you start telling him about a case then that's it. He's in. He can't not solve it. To sort the, of thing. To the
0: to a fault some. Oh, at, absolutely at points, to a fault. I, I think that's like, the point. Yeah. Here's where I'm torn because he had a comedy about him it's not a it's not a funny haha show like the 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 comedy that's sort of peppered in it's very subtle mm-hmm. um and it was just certain ways that he would his certain mannerisms that you would find funny, but it yeah. wasn't intentionally funny and so I was torn because I really loved his character, but his defect as a father and husband at yeah. times, especially since I liked paulina's character so much, it was just like. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. You got to stop. And yeah. So there were times that I got angry at the character cuz I was like, you're the worst. And you know, you you don't want to hate him, um, but I think well, that I, was also the point was to show that, you know, that that was his his defect. Yeah.
1: And I think that one of the great things about the show too is showing him struggle with that and be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And how what that has how that affects his wife and his kid and everything and and him, you know, because a lot of people with this kind of obsessive behavior, you know, people are like, well, just don't go to work or don't whatever, but it's Mm -hmm. like, you can't, you can't function until you do the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, uh, it was interesting to see them dive into that aspect of it and to have him be a little bit more self-aware. I like that part of it.
0: Um, uh, so he's got his his shtick mm-hmm. is that he sort of it's like he builds this crime diagram with tape.
1: Yeah. Gotta be and, barefoot.
0: And he step not all the time. Sometimes he had the socks. Yeah. But sure. he steps into the crime scene, so to speak, that mm-hmm. he creates. He has like this, divi- he would divide, I think it was like three categories or something. Mm-hmm. He would step into certain parts of this tape diagram that he would make on the floor mm-hmm. and sort of go where he needed to go in his head and to figure cases out. It's, it's, it's wildly unrealistic. Yeah. You know. I mean, and this- he
1: has this thing, like if, if he's in a moment and he, he sees something, you know, because he, he has a great memory, obviously. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like he takes a picture of a moment you know, in his head and he has like this, these little mannerisms that if he takes this, all right, he, there, here's the thing and there's a scratch on this thing and I better remember that because it might be important and he ha- will have a little man- mannerism and then that will kind of key you into like, that may be important, but it's real subtle mm-hmm. in this way. And I didn't even really catch on to it. I just thought, oh, he's doing a quirky thing. But then as the cases start getting solved, you can see like the the mechanics of how that how that goes through.
0: The internal camera.
1: Yeah. Fucking. kink
0: so that that's pretty much the basis for it is is that you have um whatever case that they're working on his method and then you have the you have their personal life um where it's very much fiction and a tv show is that i don't know that anyone else would have the luck that these people have yeah. it just seems like yeah. it was never a dull moment and it was like God, I'd have moved, really. (laughs) I don't know that I would have. It was like one thing after another, just when they recovered from one horrible experience that would happen, that somehow they got dragged into yet another thing would happen. But it's entertaining. You know, it's TV. It's 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 fiction. It's always
1: good to see um, other cultures and how they, um, you know, and and what those cultures are like and and, and see those differences. and, And I find that stuff fascinating, you know. Because, for example, you know, in Finland they had a, a sh- there was a, and oh, the other good thing is, before I make this point, is that every, sh- every episode isn't a case. A case could be two episodes, three episodes, four episodes, whatever, and it's just yeah, however many until, you know, until it's solved, and then, then they go on the next one. So I appreciate that. Um, but uh, anyway, it's, so.
0: It's three seasons, by the way. Yeah, so, far. Th-
1: so far. So far. So far. But, you know, just seeing like how that country handles an active shooter, for example, it, you know, and not that, you know, look, I'm not trying to compare or, contra- you know, I'm not saying. Well, I don't know how, whatever, but... how
0: to the book that would have been. but Right. You know.
1: But I mean, it. but point is, is that those filmmakers and the people that are running the show are steeped in that culture. So those things kind of seep in. And it's nice. It's interesting to see how family lives are and mm-hmm. how how. um it's dramatized obviously but still seeing the relationships that the children have with their parents the parents have with each other in different cultures is um is fascinating
0: yeah yeah they don't um they don't harp too long on a case like we said they go maybe you know three four episodes maybe Mm -hmm. at most per season and then they would move on to the next thing but everything's sort of intertwined and connected it's not like oh we're done with that everything there is still that cohesiveness to it um
1: yeah, I like that layout a lot because it gave you a couple episodes to really get invested into the case, but it didn't drag it out for a whole entire season.
0: Yeah, which sometimes you're like, okay. Yeah. Uh, they, they, I liked. The and then stuff that may variety. come back,
1: you know, from another yeah. case and stuff. So it's, it's
0: characters it's, would come back. Yeah, characters would come because again, there was that connection. Um, ironically, there was a, a a point in one of the seasons where we got to what seemed like a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is ironic timing (laughs) Um, and not like in a suspicious way. It just really was ironic timing that they happened to have um, this issue and then seeing how that was handled. And all I could think of was like, if this was an American detective, there's no way he would have been like, oh, I'm on lockdown. I understand. (laughs) Would have just busted out of a window and been like you yeah. won't hold me in here. So it was interesting like you said to just see the way those things were handled. Um they seem to offer a lot of freedom to their kids. <laughs> I don't know if this yeah. was just the cop life or what was going on well, there. Well, we see but... that
1: on our television too. Kids are just running around without parents all the time.
0: Yeah, but this there's there's more of like a I guess a, a an assumed maturity yeah. with European kids and stuff. I you know, I don't know how true it is, but it, there, you know, there there is that. Um but I, I really, I really liked, I really liked this show and I really liked the characters. I know there's talk of potentially having a season four because it has its little cult following. Yeah. But I kind of hope they stop there if they, like, if this is the last one, I'm good with that. If yeah. it's three seasons and they ended it the way they did, there were some people bitching about it, mm. um, as there always are. I'm good with it. Like, I'm good with it. Um bit of a tearjerker at times. Like mm-hmm. I had me laughing, had me crying, you know, it just, it just did its job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It was really good. And I, I, I want to like see these, I, I would be so interested to see these actors do other things because yeah. I, the, the guy who plays actually all of these characters, I will always think of them as border town. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just where it's like, you know, like big bang theory. Like every time you see. You know, you think, well, it's Sheldon Cooper. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then you watch something like Hollywood and you're like, oh, wait a minute.
1: What is Sheldon doing? What is
0: Sheldon talking about? Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um, So I would like to be able to see I would like to be able to see them in other stuff. Yeah. Like I want to work with them as an actor, you know, it's it's funny for me. It's just like if I if I enjoyed your work. That, to me, just means everything. Like, I don't care that nobody in this country really knows who these actors are. I'm just like, I want to work with this person. They seem...
1: Where is Lasse Masalo?
0: Lasse Masalo. (laughs) So we were... So one of the observations that we made, and not to sound like ignorant, stupid Americans, but we will, is that they're, like, Finnish. I never realized how, like, just sort of um, animated some of the words sounded in the mm-hmm. language, like there would be a sentence and then just the shortest words yeah. were used that you're well, like, is that really, all? Yeah. you know, like the, the, the translation has to be off. Yeah. I'd imagine, yeah. you know, cause sometimes I'd be like, there's no way that they just said all of that Yeah, in three words. Well, I think that three sounds. Yeah. You know?
1: And I think that when you have, and, and I've never done it, so I don't know, but when you have the transcription of, on the bottom of the screen, they're probably trying to figure out how what's the shortest way that we can say this, you know? Yeah, I guess there's that. But then there's also like um words don't mean the same. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting language, too, because it, it reminds me a lot of Japanese and it re- reminds me a lot of Portuguese in both those because it has this very, really? very like staccato, powerful kind of cadence sometimes mm-hmm. that that ja- the japanese language has mm-hmm. very punchy but then the portuguese the way that they they're sing-songy yeah well they have like the rolling their r's and they have like this um more drolly kind of thing which is kind of mixed in it's a very fascinating language
0: that, well that's what i was saying before was that like um because we watch so many of these i love language mm. it's it's out of sheer laziness that i don't speak a shit ton of
1: languages If only you had some time on your hands.
0: (laughs) I really should, and there's no excuse, and I really should, because I pick language up really easily, and uh, I actually had somebody who worked for the UN call call me a lazy American, and I was like, you're so right, I'm not even going to argue with you, (laughs) because they're like, "Your, your pronunciation is perfect and there's no reason why you shouldn't speak several languages. Like why do you only really speak English and then like comprehend Spanish? I'm like, eh, in Spanish. And I was like, I don't know. They're like, you know, it's because you're an American and you're a lazy. And yeah. I was like, I mean, you got me there. I can't really argue with that. And so I'm angry with myself that I'm so lazy about it because I'm always so fascinated by people that are are multilingual. You mm-hmm. know, it's just like, oh my God. The fact that you can communicate with like Seven different countries, you know, yeah. I, th- that's just so fascinating. But there's a lot well, of work that goes into yeah. that. And a lot of people that that do that tend to have traveled.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's a lot over of people that grew
0: up here. Yeah. And, you know, they're and a they're... lot of
1: those countries are connected physically. So,
0: well, no, there's some people that just like they go all over the a lot of actors yeah. that can go all over the place with their languages and, yeah. um, you know lot, not all the time, but a lot of times, it's because they they grew up traveling, and so they went to school in different areas, and they learned different languages, and you know that the, they they had that benefit. When you learn young, it's the best time to do that. Uh-huh. Um, but and so when we started watching the show, right away, we were like, because we I didn't look at where this was taking place, and you were like, what language is that? And I was I like I was listening to something. I was like, I want to say Finnish. And then we looked it up and it was a score for me. I was right. And I was so excited about that because I love like trying to guess languages. Mm-hmm. And, and when you, when you enjoy language, you can kind of do that. Can kind of like, I know when I hear Japanese, like Tamino A lot of like Americans are like Japanese, Chinese, whatever. I'm like, those two languages to me don't sound anything alike. I know when someone's speaking Japanese and when somebody's speaking Chinese uh, or Korean has its own, Mm -hmm. its own sort of cadence and and rhythm and all that stuff. Um, But these can get, these can get tricky when you're going like Germany, there's no mistaking that. Like, you know, when, you know, when, you know, when it's German, but you know, when you start going like Scandinavia, it starts to, it starts to, to kind of melt together. Yeah. Russian, got it. I already know when someone's speaking Russian. But then there's different dialects within those within those countries, you know, that, to to figure out. And I mean, I, I guess for a lot of people that's a lot of Americans, I shouldn't say a lot of people, but a lot of Americans, that's it's a turnoff. I don't know. They just don't want to have to hear another language and read a subtitle. And I don't get it. You're missing out. There's like some good shows
1: yeah. out
0: <laughs> I mean if you read a book,
1: what's the difference? Nobody reads a book.
0: I still read books.
1: I have books read to me. Excuse me. Right.
0: <laughs> so, um, Garcon, read me my book. <laughs> Garcon. Um, I I really, I really liked it. And if, obviously, if they do season four, I'm going to watch it, but I just hope they don't drag it out. to... to I, I They think tend like, not to. Yeah, they tend not to.
1: We're the only country that drags out shit. Isn't Dark coming out? Yeah, in like a month or two. Yeah. Oh, God. That's, Can't wait. That's a, that's it's a, a heavy r- show.
0: That is a rough one, though, because it just, you have really got to. Yep. Like, don't even think that you can have the alert on your phone for that show. If you get a ding and you look away at a text for a second, you're fucking lost. (laughs) Like, you really have to be invested in that show, so much so that I fell completely off of it because I got distracted and then I didn't know what the hell was going on. I was okay first season.
1: It's super high concept. It's really,
0: I feel really dumb when I watch that show.
1: I love that show so much. It
0: looks beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but, but I, I, feel I kind really of, I kind of
1: am following it. You know, there's probably a lot of nuance that I'm missing with the technical side of it, but um, it's really fascinating. Time travel, you know, is fascinating, yeah. especially the way they're doing it.
0: Yeah. Well, they're like. They're taking the the most complicated, detailed aspect yeah. of time travel and bringing that yeah. to life. They have so, this one,
1: and I, I'm pretty sure we talked about it when we reviewed the show. But there's this one concept in there about how how an item could never exist but exist at the same time. And that, when you're dealing with time, if if why I why are you
0: making a political uh, presidential no, no. hand gesture at me right when, now? <laughs> when
1: I when when uh, if I were to go back in time and put something on a beach, mm-hmm. and then somebody where to pick that item up and then give it to me. And then I bring that back. So then there's that cycle that's happening. So that thing never was created. It just always existed. Mm -hmm. It's just fat, like just stuff like that. Which you can argue. Yeah.
0: Which someone can argue. I mean, it could all
1: be bullshit. Who knows? But that that sort of thing is really fascinating to think about. They're great. Like thought experiments.
0: What I like about time travel is that because we're talking about
1: languages and time travel. Yeah.
0: Well, what what the hell? If you're still listening, then you're, then you're down. (laughs) have you got to do um i just what i what i like about the concept of time travel is because we can't prove any of these things yeah um it's subjective yep right you can pretty much go like well in my world and in in my explanation of time travel in this project this is how it works yeah and then someone else can do something completely different and all of them are technically feasible because we can't it can't be refuted
1: yeah (laughs) Can't be proven or refuted, yeah.
0: So it, you you just have to take it at face value and go like, okay, I guess in your movie this is how time travel works. Mm. But Dark takes it to like I don't think I've ever seen time travels explained so in, intricately before. And well, the the it's concept just,
1: itself is isn't that in
0: no it's it, it, the execution but, of yeah, how they actually go about i mean there's like tunnels and clocks and then this goes here yeah. and then you go but into then, this like this is this person's tube. mother and then there Yeah, they're, and they're in another yeah. time now but this comes it's like what the fuck is going on mm. so it like i said you really have to be paying attention to that show so that's going to be coming out soon there's a, like there's a whole bunch of stuff there's a whole bunch of stuff yeah. to see and to watch and, and and all that yep we'll see we'll see what goes i don't know We'll see what we what we latch onto next, um, and I guess we'll talk about it next week.
1: Yeah, we we'll sure to, will. We'll
0: have to talk about something. That's just the reality of yeah, it. Yeah. So, um, our shout-outs, Reality Bomb, Comic Cast, Steady Geekin', Not Up for Debate, Perry Herovis, everyone who listens. Mega Brain Comics. Check them out. You can order stuff online still.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Be a patron.
1: Patronize if you will. them.
0: Patronize them, and not in the unpleasant manner. Because um, this, like, this week, it's like. I shouldn't say this week. It's been like the past couple of weeks. It's just like this like societal clusterfuck.
1: Yeah, the world's ending. It's fine.
0: Like, everyone's just losing their damn minds. There's riots. I don't want to say there's police brutality because one isn't there. It's just, yeah, right. it's just a consistent, like, fuckery of, you know, bullshit that goes on in that. And it's just like, it's just insane. It's just insane. And so I have to I'm I'm going to be the first to say that it's like when I watch stuff, I'm like, I just need to detach from the real world right now because mm-hmm. it's and that, it, you know, that's it's like a must be nice kind of thing to do that because that's not that's not an option for so many people. But it's yeah. just like,
1: yeah, I just can't. And again, I'm, you know, I'm privileged in that I can I'm able to kind of just not look at the news and, and just work from home and do my thing, and I recognize that, but, man, some of this shit is just... And, you know, uh, yeah. I just... It's just craziness. It's makes just me miss absolutely. the 90s so much. The 90s? Yeah, when there was no, like...
0: <laughs> like the L.A. riots? <laughs> that was well, a great no. time. <laughs> But there
1: was, like... But, but that was the thing, right? The L.A. riots. Now we have, like, an L.A. riot every month. Well... You know, it's like... Not, well, you know what I mean, but... It's just, it's just too much, man. It's too much. I don't think, and we're just talking about random shit at this point, but I don't, I don't think the human, I don't think humans were, were, are, are not meant to have all of this stuff going on. You know what I mean? we're, I feel like we were supposed to Psychologically, live in, yeah, we're supposed to live in like little groups of 10 or 20 and just have our friends and that's it and hunt, to, and hunt, <laughs> hunt and, on and, our farm. But now when we have all the information, there's just, it's just overload.
0: Just inundated with stuff. And, and also there's the you know the, there's the reality of that things didn't sudden there i i don't think things are getting worse when we say my hey, god look,
1: there was racism in the 90s well, like that's what i'm saying is when like say, nobody's business my god, but
0: what's happening now it's like no but this is it's not what's happening now. It's that we have cell phones. That's the only yeah. difference. Yep. That's the only difference between now and 15 years ago and 20 years ago and 30 years ago was just that you couldn't document these things yep. unless it made its way onto the news yeah. or somebody actually came out with a camcorder and recorded it. Yeah,
1: There was a quote from somebody. I think they said that um, racism isn't getting worse. It's just getting filmed.
0: Um, That that was Will Smith. I Will think. Smith, yeah. Yeah, and and that's completely correct. It's just you know we're getting to see it,
1: and which so, that's a good thing of social media, I guess. You know, is a lot of the stuff's getting exposed. Well, look
0: at this cop. Just you know, the realistically, if that hadn't been recorded.
1: It would have been opening shut. This guy would
0: still be a cop. Yeah, as all of his constituents and, and mm-hmm. you know they, they. It would have been it would have been his word against.
1: And for every cop like this that gets busted, there's probably twenty that don't. And it, you know, it's not just cops; it could be poli- It could be any. It's anybody. everything.
0: It's yeah. politics, and it. You know, when I think of cops, I think of politics. Something that I did watch that you didn't, and that's why I'm not really adding it to like the review on our homepage and all that stuff. Is I watched the Epstein documentary on mm-hmm. Netflix, and that shit was nuts. You didn't watch it, so I'm not going to get into too, you know.
1: I listened to some of it. I mean, it's just gross. It was
0: freaking crazy. You know, there's a lot of, because like ID channels doing their own thing, but those things are like. an island of
1: girls to sleep with or something, right? used to have an island. Well, he had his
0: own islands and he would bring girls, underage girls onto it. But um, it was just the way the whole thing worked politically where, you know, um, you had people that you had celebrity and politicians, Bill Clinton and 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 Trump, who were like, yeah, yeah, I know the guy, I love the guy, he's great. And then as soon as all the shit hit the fan and it was like, oh, he's actually going to get arrested, like he got arrested, but his 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 sentencing was like 18 months in prison, but he was allowed to leave for 12 hours of the day. Yeah. So he basically slept in prison yeah. and it wasn't 18 months, he got out in 13 months and he would go six days a week. He was allowed to work for 12 hours a day. So he basically went to prison at 8 p.m., went to sleep, and then left in the morning. I mean, that was his prison sentence, which which was a joke. Um, and he basically got handed a free card by uh, that uh, Acosta asshole in Florida. And... I don't know, man. It was just so, like, I knew the story, obviously. I knew the story, but I didn't know all of the details and the woman that came out. And you have so many people that say, like, oh, well, now now everybody's got, everyone's going to press charges and they're going to come out with their story. They literally, they went to police departments and detectives and were like, hey, this guy raped me. And they were like, "Mm, out of our jurisdiction. I don't know what you want me to do. They tried. And they were completely silenced. Mm -hmm. So... It's just it's such an un, such an injustice that that fucking asshole was finally in jail and then he kills himself. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, the, the 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 hoopla around that, aside from the obvious, like this is suspicious, was that his neck was. A a bone in his neck that's kind of right below the jawline was broken in three spots, Hmm. which the the medical examiner that got hired by his own family, Epstein's brother had hired him to prove that it wasn't suicide, had even said, like, I've never in my career seen this many bones break from... Because, like, you know, you you can't jump from anything in a prison cell. You have to basically throw yourself forward and just choke yourself out. That's basically, and so, you know, especially in that manner of doing it, you would maybe like crush the front here, but not where it broke. Mm. It was more consistent with having been strangled. So um, it just, man. (laughs) Craziness. I was just watching that show like, are you freaking kidding me? And it was just so blatant and nobody, just no, the amount of people that went along with it and this woman that was in his life uh, who claims she's completely innocent which you know anyone who questions something like this is like so you've got all of these survivors of which whom didn't know each other for the most part who all were giving the same recount of 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 this woman and her part in it mm-hmm. like how how do you figure that this is some type of like yeah. monetary conspiracy against somebody like this is there's a consistency going on here yeah. that's being ignored so um damn that was a good one yeah, I mean, it was shitty, but it was, it was, it was well done. Uh, yeah. Cause you know, a lot of these, I was going to say like the, the ID, they do like, they did this thing on Brit, Brittany Murphy and stuff. It's very rushed. They did one on Epstein, but I'm like, how are you going to tell that story in two hours yeah. with commercials?
1: Yeah.
0: You know, this is, this was several episodes, like hour long episodes. And it, I felt like it, they did a good job of mm. like giving details. So I would recommend it. I, I I thought it was really good. It was terrifying and disgusting and. You know, makes you angry, but yeah. uh, yay, politics and money. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So, um, yeah, so that's all we got. And we appreciate you sticking around for our rant. Mm-hmm. If you're still around, we appreciate you. Yes. We have to end the episode because we've been talking for a long time and also it is hot as balls. Yeah. And we can't put the AC or anything on without making noise. Yeah. Because we don't have that... F- that fancy central layer.
1: That's so fancy.
0: <laughs> so, um, I don't know what's going on next week. Just, uh, you know, come by and check us out.
1: Yes, please. Bye. Bye.